ABC Listen. Hello, 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 my friends. It's Ruby here, and you're listening to News Time. Hey, Ruby. Hello. Every week, we count down five news stories from here in Australia and around the world. On the show today, we're going to examine an oddly shaped egg. We're also going to chat about why getting to go to school makes you one very lucky person. Make sure you've shined your shoes, because after that we're going to meet a brand new queen. We'll make a quick stop off at the Abrolhos Islands, and then it'll be time for that one story that made us go, whoa. Wow of the week. Yep, that's it. What do you think? Are you ready? I can hardly wait. Excellent. Here we go. Story number five. Fabian Fabro is a farmer on the north coast of New South Wales. He spends his days in and out of chook houses, taking care of his chickens and collecting the eggs they lay. One day, in amongst all the chaos of the feathery hustle and bustle, Fabian noticed an egg that wasn't like any egg he'd seen before. It's very round. I think it's almost perfect round. Yes, this egg was almost a perfect sphere. Instead of an oval outline, it was round. This strange ball-shaped egg made Fabian very excited. Well, he goes and he looks at the chickens and he sees a round egg and he's like, wow. Probably tell his neighbours, oh look, I found a round egg. That is exactly what he did. He showed his partner Jody, and they posted a picture of the egg on the internet. There are a few theories about why chickens usually lay egg-shaped eggs. One idea is that it stops them from rolling away too easily. So why and how did one of Fabian's chickens lay a round egg? I don't really know. I don't know. Well, you're pretty spot on. The answer is, we're not sure. Around the world, chickens are laying billions of eggs every year. And with so many of them around, some odd shapes are bound to pop up every so often. Fabian says he'll hold on to the egg for a little while, and then maybe it'll end up on his plate with some avocado toast. Story number four. This week, it was International Day of Education. And education is something we get by learning things. What do you like to learn about? I like to learn about bugs and animals. I like to learn about maths, science and history. History, because I always think of the what-ifs. For example, what if we lived in, like, the Victorian times and how would we manage? That is fantastic! Getting an education helps us understand ideas and come up with our own. It encourages us to be curious and creative and to ask questions. One place where lots of learning happens is at school. But unfortunately, not everyone gets to go to school. Millions of kids around the world don't go to school because it costs too much money or the people running the country they live in say they're not allowed to go or there aren't any schools close to where they live. Even though we've come so far, I think that it's quite sad, actually, 
that not everybody has the same rights and opportunities. Sad because they can't learn and make friends. Uh-huh. Some kids who don't get a chance to go to school never learn to read or write, and that can make life hard. That is one reason why we have the International Day of Education, to try to help kids get to school to make their lives easier and more enjoyable in the long run. By going to school, there are so many more things that you can do after school. Being a part of school, it helps you to get better and better. So you can learn and make friends and have fun. The theme for this year's International Day of Education is learning for lasting peace. Sometimes people can say or do hurtful things because they don't know any better. But when people learn about the world and all the different people in it and about different places, it can make them kinder to one another and that can make our world a nicer place to be. Story number three. Mary Donaldson was born in Hobart in Tasmania. 24 years ago, while she was out and about in Sydney, she met a man named Frederick. Mary didn't know it when they met, but Frederick was a prince. He was part of the royal family in Denmark. Frederick and Mary fell in love, and eventually they got married, meaning Mary became a princess. Years went by, and then, not very long ago, the Queen of Denmark announced she was abdicating the throne. That means she's had enough of ruling the country, and she's stepping down so that someone else can take over. That someone happens to be Prince Frederick. He went from being a prince to being a king. And that means Mary from Hobart has become the queen. So what will Queen Mary do now? They look after the country and help all of the people. The king and queen of a country don't actually do much because there's normally someone in parliament who's running the country and making all the decisions. They take care of people in their country. There's no such thing as the king or queen of Australia, but Australia does have a king, King Charles. But he's English and he lives on the other side of the world in the United Kingdom. In Australia, the only people allowed to rule are the people in the government, like the Prime Minister. Not many countries have monarchies anymore, so Princess, I mean Queen Mary, is in a pretty unusual position. I would like to be a queen because it would be fun helping everybody in the community. I would go to orphanages and give them presents on Christmas. Inventing new laws to make the country a better place and more like eco-friendly. The people of Denmark celebrated their new king and queen with parties and parades. Most of them really like Aussie Queen Mary. Now King Frederick and Queen Mary will work with the government to help make Denmark a happy place to live. Story number two. I love going on holiday. Where do you like to travel to? To America to see my grandparents and my cousins. And I also go camping with my dad. I like going to Byron and Jindabyne. Yamba and Sydney because at Sydney there's the Sydney Opera House and at Yamba I like going surfing and fishing. 
Chris Kerr from Western Australia loves travelling too. She uses a wheelchair, so sometimes it can be difficult to get to places that aren't accessible. Something that is accessible is something that you can easily access without any struggle. When a place isn't accessible, it means it hasn't been designed for people who use wheelchairs or other people with limited mobility. When Chris heard about a place called the Abrolhos Islands, she wanted to go and visit, but she knew it wasn't very accessible. The Abrolhos Islands are off the coast of Western Australia. They're full of seabirds and coral reefs and gorgeous plants, and they're a safe place for animals like sea lions and tamar wallabies. Not many people live there, but it's an amazing place to visit, and Chris really wanted to go. Well, that's not really fair. She can't go to an island just because she's in a wheelchair. Chris decided she was going to work out a way to get to the island so that she could explore and enjoy it in her wheelchair. She spoke to the state government about how important accessibility is for all places. And they agreed. Together, they figured out a solution for people who use wheelchairs to get onto the little plane that visits the Abrolhos Islands using a chairlift. They also found a solution for Chris so that she could explore the water using a device called a water scooter. I think she is very, very smart to be doing that. However, it's also very disappointing that she had to work that out herself. That is a very good machine that she did. It means that no matter what person what you are, you can go anywhere. Chris had a great time at the islands and she's excited for more people who use wheelchairs or have limited mobility to be able to use what she used to enjoy the incredible natural environment. And now it's time for... Wow of the Week! This story made me go wow because I didn't know Hercules could be a big, big spider and could make anti-venom. Australia is home to a lot of spider species, from the spindly daddy longlegs to the furry huntsman. But this week, we're talking about a funnel-web spider called Hercules. He has long legs. He looks pretty scary-looking. Funnel-web spiders are mostly found on the east coast of Australia, and they are venomous. Their bites can be quite dangerous if you don't get them looked at by a professional. Recently, the largest male funnel-web spider ever found was discovered on the central coast of New South Wales. The spider, who's nicknamed Hercules, is 7.9 centimetres from foot to foot. That's almost twice the size of other funnel webs. Hercules looks humongous, and I'm sure you'd be petrified if you found that on your hat. Hercules has been taken to the Australian Reptile Park and he's been given an important job. Spider experts are going to milk him to take some of his venom and use it to make anti-venom. Anti-venom is given to people who've been bitten by a spider and it can save their lives. That is super incredible, Hercules. The team at the Wildlife Park are very excited about this precious anti-venom. In the meantime, though, what should you do if you see a spider hanging around? Don't approach it. Get an adult. He won't bite if you just leave him alone and just walk away from him. Absolutely. 
And with that, the web of this week's stories is now complete. Thank you, Ruby. Thank you. You are very welcome. Hey, don't forget to do the news time quiz. The questions and the answers are in the show notes. Bye, Ruby. See you later. I'll talk to you really soon. See you later. Or as they say in Mandarin, 再见. News Time is an ABC Kids Listen podcast. For other awesome podcasts to play, music to move to, and stories and soundtracks for sleep, download the ABC Kids Listen app. It's free from your app store.